Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Jeremy and myself today are joined by a very special guest, Lisa Dix, who is the National Marine Debris Campaign Coordinator from Sea Shepherd Australia. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So, look, Sea Shepherd is uh, uh, fairly famous for sort of uh, taking some direct action against whaling ships, which is all very exciting, and, and uh-huh. it's incredible work that you guys do. Can you tell us what Sea Shepherd Australia does uh, and what is their yeah. general mission? Our mission is to defend, protect, and conserve the world's oceans. And uh, one of the three main uh, issues we are focusing on these days is illegal fishing, plastic pollution and climate change because we believe those are the most important issues contributing to the health of the oceans. Mm. Even though in the past we've been very uh, famous or well-known for our whaling campaigns, which have been a huge part of Sea Shepherd's history, uh, we now are working a lot in uh, our ships are in uh, Africa in helping countries with illegal fishing there. Mm. Um, we have having amazing results with that can- with those campaigns. And here in Australia, we're working, fighting against oil in the bite, mm. uh, where Equinor, the Norwegian company, are planning to drill, you know, the deepest drill uh, wells into this most pristine environment. Yeah. Nursery grounds for the southern right whales, you know, the, called the Galapagos of Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one of our very important campaigns and fighting against the coal mine in Adan- with Adani mm, in that mm. area, you know, for the Great Barrier Reef and climate change and plastic pollution. Yeah. Um, and, and we have started our campaign in Australia three years ago for marine debris and plastic pollution. And on that, so you're, you're the National Marine Debris Campaign Coordinator. So what does that actually involve? <laughs> well, we have teams around Australia. So when we started this campaign, we just started locally. Uh, Crane, Marina and I, both Sea Shepherd volunteers, we were very much aware of the issue of plastic pollution. Um, and we went out on the beaches and we thought, oh, let's just see what we collect and what what's there. And for the first year, we did monthly cleanups just in Fremantle in WA in our local town. And we were shocked by how much was there. And actually, we could see how much every time we went back was you know, every single beach. It was just, you know, incredible. And we decided that's it. We need to do something. Um, 
we really wanted to highlight this issue within the community and also to give back a bit to the community as well because we always asking for support and help with our ships and our campaigns um, and we thought this is a great way to be able to give back. We form teams around the country. At the moment, we have over 20 teams. They do monthly cleanups. And to date, we've done over 450 cleanups around Australia. Works out about one every three days. Wow, that's impressive. And so, look, what what are you finding? So that these clean act, uh, cleanup activities, they're on, on beaches largely. Is that correct? Or Yeah, beaches and, you know, the surrounding foreshore. So we'll clean mm. up. Yeah, if it's if there's a grass esplanade there on backing onto the beach or going onto the beach, we clean up that area too because we know that eighty percent of all the plastic and waste that ends up in the ocean is coming from land based sources, washed down drains. Mm. So it's equally as important to remove those, especially being so close to the beach. Mm. And we're finding yes, out of our over two million pieces we've picked up so far, we count some data and sort all of them and put them into our database. Uh, 80% is plastic. 80% um, of the, the debris that you're finding in your beach cleanups, 80% of that is plastic. plastic. Well, that, that really yeah. falls in line with what yeah. our research says. And, and so what sort of plastic are we talking about or what sort of debris are we talking about when you, in, your, in those cleanup um, activities? Like what are the key ones? Water bottles. Water you know, bottles. Single-use items. Single-use items are key, key one. Uh, we do find in areas that say Adelaide, where they have a container deposit scheme, there is less mm. of those sort of items. Mm. Um, and we haven't seen that reduction yet in Queensland, but I'm sure we will with a container deposit scheme. Mm. But mostly dog poo bags, uh, plastic bags, food wrapping is enormous. So much food wrapping, you know, crisps and biscuits and bait bags from fishing, mm. masses of bait bags from fishing. You know, fishermen just dump them. Oh, Not all of them, but a lot of them just dump them in the rocks or hide them because they don't want to carry them away with them. And the biggest item we found is cigarette butts. Cigarette butts. Uh, yes, they're the largest. I mean, a beach cleanup in Sydney, we did at Bondi Beach uh, and Coogee Beach the other, I think, last month and the month before. We picked up 12,000 butts. So in those 450 cleanups that Sea Shepherd Australia have sort of coordinated, have you got a, some numbers around just the sheer quantity of, of pollution or debris you've actually removed? Um, we're over 2 million pieces and I think it's about uh, 40 tonnes. 40 tonnes. Wow. Mm, but that, to be honest, that's not a sound, doesn't sound like a huge amount for that many cleanups, but plastic is so light. Yep. Uh, and, and our cleanups, being in urban areas are small pieces. We're not talking about, you know, the areas that they dump people, dump tires, although we do get some of that. We're, we're really talking a lot of consumer items that we're finding and removing. Mm. Um, uh, you know, aluminium cans and say, plastic bottles and drinks and plastic food packaging. Mm. And so you have to have a lot of bags to fill up that amount of, yeah, <laughs> of yeah. plastic because that's 44 tonnes. 80% of that is plastic. And, and just to give some, the listeners some idea, like why is it important to remove that uh, pollution from the beaches? Like what sort of, apart from looking fairly uh, visually unattractive, <laughs> what sort of damage would that actually do uh, if it was just sort of left to, you know, stay in the well, marine environment? Well, it, it would blow into the marine, into the ocean. Yeah. And once in the ocean, it becomes an item which is going to degrade further and break up into smaller and smaller pieces. And then this becomes available, bioavailable to all the, across the whole spectrum of marine life. So from the smallest crustaceans to the largest whale, 
are able to digest, uh, ingest that, that plastic and seabirds. Seabirds are being decimated by plastic pollution, uh, especially those that are surface feeders. Um, they swooping and looking, you know, as they're choking for squid or whatever to feed their chicks across the uh, oceans. They swoop down and they frequently pick up plastic. They talk about 5.25 trillion pieces are floating yeah. on the ocean. It's estimated by some scientists as four times that sitting on the bottom. There's a lot of attention, uh, for example, Boyan Slat's got a lot of attention with his clean up mm. uh, uh, ocean program. So they're looking to actually physically remove marine plastic uh, mm. after it's already in the ocean. But mm. there's very little movement to actually stop it from actually getting into the ocean in the first place. Yeah. And 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 I exactly. guess whilst the the clean up efforts are incredible and admirable and you know, honestly fantastic and do have a, a significant benefit. I guess that sort of supply of pollution is still coming from our our land-based sources and other sort of mm, sources. Exactly. Yeah, so... Uh, washed down drains. I mean, you see it. Uh, you know, I can stand above a drain as I'm uh, walking down a road in the rain. You can just see it all running down into a drain. Um, and if you look down in the drain, you can see it sitting there and getting washed further and further out. People don't really relate to the fact that when they drop that bottle in the city... That's going to end up in the ocean. They just don't see it. So how frustrating is that for you? Because obviously the, the, <laughs> to actually remove it physically from a beach environment or coastline is is arduous, dirty, uh, difficult work. Mm. And when you sort of see that water, that that's I guess that stormwater just conveying that pollution straight into that marine environment despite your best efforts of trying to clean it up after the fact, how it's, annoyed does that make you feel? No, really annoyed. I mean, we've been on the beach where we've, been cleaning up and then we it's been a really hot humid awful day and we've moved removed so much trash and then we went down to think oh i have a swim and as we're there there's these people standing on the beach releasing balloons oh. we just sort of sunk into despair and thought my god don't they know you know um and it's really difficult when people are releasing balloons or mm. you know sometimes because of a death or a funeral to say to them what are you doing because yeah. they they don't like it and they see it as their right to be able to celebrate in any way they wish but it's the expense of turtles and seabirds yes and fish, you know so i guess i guess part of that marine debris campaign by sea shepherd australia it's about i guess engagement of the community mm. through Involvement, i.e., clean up campaigns and, and, and similar sort of um, activities. But there's also obviously when you're involved in cleaning up those uh, beaches and coastlines, it's obviously a, there's an educational component, and you and you obviously can have that. You can be the person looking at the drain, going, "Well, that's where all our pollution's <laughs> coming from. We should do something about that." Yeah. So, Sea Shepherd Australia have a, obviously a, a in addition to the clean up activities, there's an educational component. Is that right? At our clean up, we engage the public to help count and sorts the items so they start to touch it and become aware of the, the amount that's there and we have a tarp and we collect it and we empty the bags out and so many and we usually try and do our cleanups in areas that are quite uh, high profile and have a lot of traffic so people see us and see what we're doing and they walk past and they just go oh my god is that really us and we have educational you know signs and information and we try and talk to people as much as we can about the issue. We do school talks. We go out and do school talks as well. Um, we do some remote cleanups 
uh, recently. We've just been to Arnhem Land and, uh, and conducted a remote cleanup with the Indigenous Rangers. And of course, with our social media pages, we're trying to always expose and, and the problem and show what else you could, what you can do personally. And I guess something I guess that we're obviously very passionate about, like our background is sort of stormwater management. So my mm. career has been, I guess, very much focused on installing stormwater treatment assets. And it's a, it's a big focus of, of our business in terms of in, installing assets and appropriately managing them. But I guess we get similarly frustrated by the, by the uh, couple of things. Number one, it's a nice way to put it, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, I, I, and I'm, I'm interested to actually get your thoughts on this. So would it, would it surprise you to know that the vast majority of your urban areas have just no stormwater treatment? So I'd probably say something like at least 95% of your urban areas, um, if rain falls and conveys pollution off the pavements and car parks and roads, would it surprise you that at least 95% of those areas just just that pollution flows straight into our creeks, rivers, oceans without any treatment at all. To be honest, it doesn't surprise me, but it makes me enormously angry <laughs> that, you know, that problem is not addressed. Yeah. yeah. Um, we spend so much money on so many things, and this is an issue that we could fix. You know, we could stop it with proper equipment and filters and whatever. We could stop this issue. And I don't think anything really surprises me when it comes to the environment anymore, but it shocks me that the government don't make, or the councils don't make this effort to address this problem when it costs them so much. You know, disposing of rubbish costs them so much, but sometimes maybe if it goes out into the ocean, they don't have to deal with it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well, this is a couple of things. First and foremost, stormwater is out of sight, out of mind. You know, so mm. people don't see it and then they don't care. But, you know, and further to, 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 to really get you revved up, 1995 onwards, here in Australia, we started installing what are called gross pollutant traps. So these are large high flow devices aimed at taking mm. out, um, uh, plastic bottles, in, you know, anything bigger than sort of five mil, um, cigarette butts. And we started installing this infrastructure around Australia. We install these devices, right? So not only local government install them, but private enterprise. So if you're a Bunnings, you have to put one in. Here's the kicker. No one cleans them out or very few people actually go and clean the debris out. Local council and state government aren't forcing the cleaning of devices. So there's... We've estimated 100,000 devices out there, Place. baskets, GPTs, filters, and no one's cleaning them. And it's this is oh what – Oh, yeah, with, with one tick, one tick of, of enforcement from local government, we would literally okay. stop more debris than – 5,000 beach yeah. cleanups and one tick of legislation. We think if, if just the existing assets alone were appropriately maintained, we'd stop about 500 wheelie bins full of rubbish from entering Australian wow. oceans every day. Wow, that's enormous. Yeah, and this is, and, I guess... And, and yeah. I guess the cost to do that is not going to be huge anyway. I mean, we spend months, years trying to get not us personally, but the government, putting in a ban for plastic bags. Yeah, uh, and yeah. the amount of work and effort and time and money that takes for all of the process is incredible. And yeah. all we do is end up with a heavier duty bag, you know, at the end of the day. And whereas something like you have would make such a huge difference. 
It's it's crazy. Like, and, and we often, for example, we get asked to audit, like, and inspect an existing device. Um, so we'll uh-huh. often lift a manhole lid or an access chamber lid, which it looks kind of like just like a normal sewer lid. So you can't really see what's underneath, but it is a, often a, an underground stormwater treatment device. I'd say nine times out of ten, it is completely chockers with pollution, full of plastic, full of Coke cans, uh, single-use bottles, cigarette butts, plastic bags. And because it hasn't been cleaned out, it is full and essentially just essentially any incoming pollution that comes in just completely bypasses the system. So it, they essentially look like underground garbage bins. They, they capture some pollution yeah. and they'll eventually fill up. Um, but if that pollution isn't removed through a, no a, a typical maintenance activity, which might need, you know, someone just cleaning out maybe once every six months, once every 12 months, if that pollution doesn't get removed, it just fills up and the system essentially becomes completely non-functional. I get told so many times, you know, we see it on our social media pages all the time whenever you show any pictures of high-density trash, you know, flowing out to the ocean. Oh, that's Philippines, that's Indonesia. Oh, that's, that's another country, you know, less developed country. We don't have that issue. But we clearly do have that issue. When I've been to Europe and I always go on the beaches wherever I go, I, I was shocked by the amount of trash and plastic and and nurdles on mm. the beaches. And I kept thinking, how oh, people don't come to the beach and dump these, how do they arrive here all the time? Mm. Um and they don't because they don't see them on mass in those videos and those photographs of it flowing down a river, they're not equating to what is that actually happening in their own country, which we are big polluters, but we just it's hidden. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's really interesting to get the the I guess the feedback about what you're seeing uh, in your beach cleanups and, and coastline cleanups because we've done a few ourselves, obviously, and and it's a, and it's a similar story. The the key pollutants that we see are cigarette butts and plastic yeah. wrappers and single use plastic water bottles and plastic bags, and and yeah. and we also because we're I guess in uh, we we do stormwater management. We when we look down the assets that we install or inspect, it's the same pollutants. It's that that the, these devices are chock a block with the same pollutant cigarette butts. Uh, single-use plastics, plastic wrappers, plastic bags, they're the same pollutants that you see in your beach cleanups. But at least when we look yeah. down an asset, we go, okay, look, it's full of um, pollution, but at least this asset is actually collecting this. But if this asset isn't here and isn't being appropriately maintained, that that pollution just goes straight to the owl beaches. People just don't know that. They just don't have any conception and they put down, down you know, they flush things down the toilet, which they think is just, I don't know what they think is going to happen to it. Maybe they think it just disappears or yeah. there's some away place that it all goes. But, you know, do flash baby wipes. I mean, how many wipes we do see on the beach? I know mm. people do take them and use them um, and leave them there. But equally, some of them are very degraded and, then you know, they have, clearly haven't been dumped straight away. They've been in the ocean and come back out again, come back onto the beach again. So there's a lot of education that needs to be done on, on, on those items of, you know, stormwater drains and throwing stuff out of Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We touched briefly on the impact of, of, of marine, on, on seabirds, for example, but the, some of the statistics that, uh, that you've shared on your, on your website, for example, are pretty compelling. Like you talk about you know, 44% of marine animals Forty-four percent of marine animals in our oceans have plastic in their stomach. Eighty-six yeah. percent of turtles in our oceans have plastic in their stomachs. It's just, eight, yeah. and you say eighty percent of seabirds have uh, plastic in their stomachs. It's horrifying. Like you saw recently on the, the turtle studies that have come out, you know, and just between one and fourteen pieces has a severe impact on a turtle. Yeah, um, and on our recent cleanup. Again, when we were in Arnhem Land, we were shocked by the items we were removing that were bitten by turtles. It was really confronting just to see how much was uh, being eaten. And, uh, of course, you don't see them necessarily being on the beaches. But I just heard recently, which is quite shocking, on one of the islands over in, on your east coast, um, that they get around 200 turtles a year washing up on the shores there. Oh. And whether they are, I don't know. I'm trying to find out, you know, who does autopsies on them to see how many of those have got plastic or been affected or killed by plastic or anything else in their their guts, you know. Yeah, I think by memory, I think those are statistics for for Moreton Bay, which is just downstream of Brisbane where Mm. I live. Something like uh, 46% of marine turtles which washed up on the beach in Moreton Bay uh, had died likely as a direct result of plastic ingestion. Yeah, I read that recently. And uh, talking to Daryl Blatchley, who did the um, necropsy of the whale that washed up on the uh, Philippines uh, beach, he was saying that out of the 61 dolphins and whales that he'd actually done uh, necropsies of, which is investigating the cause of the death of these animals, uh, 75% 75 of those dolphins and whales that had been found um, deceased had died as a result of plastic ingestion. Yeah, it's horrendous. What got me uh, was this. The Philippine government... Are trying to squash it. Daryl's partner actually had to write to the president to apologise for the world's attention that they got from this whale and getting the 40 KDs out because they don't want the tourists to stop going there. Um, they have had those, those, those 61 autopsies that they did on those um, whales is from one island. Mm. That's one yeah. island. Yeah, I've been sailing in the Philippines for we used to live in Hong Kong, and so we used to sail to the Philippines every year for about 15 years. And that was, you know, we're talking about maybe 20 years ago or more now. And there has been plastic. I mean, we were shocked. That's what made me first aware of living in Hong Kong and sailing, how much plastic there was. And um, once we were off the coast of the Philippines and we were sailing along, um, there was no wind, so we had the engine on, and every five minutes or even shorter, we were having to stop, dive over the site, and pull out the bags out of the engine intake so that we could continue. And that wow. went on for nearly 13 hours. And that's, <laughs> and, and that, you're talking about that's 20 years ago? Yeah, that was like, I would say that would be 20 years ago, possibly, yes. 
Wow. That was 20 years ago. And we went diving in Cebu that long ago. Um, and we got out because we were so disgusted by the amount of plastic floating. We couldn't see the point of continuing the dive. It was just overwhelming. It was oh ridiculous. Goodness. You know, everyone goes, oh, it's Asia. Um, you know, it's not our problem. You know, we're pretty clean down here in, in Australia. It's not true. And you see that. No. We see that. And what's going to really get us is when the pollution is going to hit the Northern Territory. And we spoke about this oh. last night. The Northern Territory government have actually met with the Indonesian government to talk about this problem because it's coming oh. and it's coming down thick and fast and it's going to hit the well, it's hitting the top of Australia. So, you know, it is a worldwide problem. And it comes down to really what we can do. So with that, um, for the listeners out there, what, what are your one-on-ones on what can mum and dad do at home to, to, to help as of today? Because part of this podcast is to empower people to make change. Personally, as a person, individual, not on, on mass, I think everybody can make a difference by what they're using and their awareness of plastic. So reducing the single-use items, which is the obvious ones, the straws. And, you know, straws travel. They're everywhere on our on and clean up. We found straws. I also have done a lot of beach cleanups and focus peeling islands. It, there are thousands and thousands of straws that you pick up, coffee cups. Nothing riles me more than to see somebody sitting in a coffee shop drinking out of a single-use coffee cup. <laughs> Why? Yeah. And water bottles. I mean, who needs in Australia to buy a bottle of water? It's more expensive than fuel, and it's a pollutant, and it's sitting there in a toxic bottle that's leaking out, you know, chemicals into what you're drinking. Why do you need to do that? So I think as a mom and a family, you can just educate your kids and to make them really aware of the things that they can do and their lunch packets, you know, to be without plastic and encourage them to, you know, have an apple don't buy those packets in the stores that have them already cut up and packaged for you ready, you know, that you can do that yourself. Mm. Just those little items collectively, if we all did that, would make a difference and do make a difference. Mm. And also remembering that recycling is not the answer. Mm. That mm. everybody says, oh, it's recyclable. So, okay, fine. No, it's not the answer recycling because probably it's not recycled. We're, we're not even recycling. Recycle yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people say, oh, yeah, it goes to the recycling plant over, the, you know, wherever. No, that is a sorting plant. It's sorted and bailed. <laughs> and then where does it go? We yeah. don't know where it goes. Yeah. And there's so little education on those things that people just, you know, they just put it in their bin and then they lose responsibility and ownership of it because they passed on the problem. So so there, there, there are some really, uh, you know, effective initiatives for the individual that to, to make. And they're all, you know, very effective. But what can what can we do? Like Sea Shepherd Australia is a highly influential uh, uh, group um, with a really great profile. Uh, Ocean Protect, uh, we like to think ourselves as pretty influential. We've got some uh, friends in high places and we, we uh, do some great work. Like and what, you and me. <laughs> yeah. Look, but what, like, and obviously there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of environmental groups that have a really, um, and, and a lot of groups and also just in terms of local economies, like the, it's critically important we protect our oceans and waterways from a number of factors, you know, economically, 
socially, uh, culturally, um, from a human health perspective. Like, mm-hmm. so, so more needs to be done to m- mitigate this scourge of plastic in our oceans because it is a, a horrendous impact. It's like it's one of the top three that initiatives that, that the plastic pollution is the, one of the three things that Sea Shepherd Australia mm. is focusing on. Exactly. So it's a, it's a massive issue and, and there's the statistics indicating that we think there'll be a, a greater mass of plastic in our oceans uh, than fish by 2050, which always blows my mm. mind when I think about it. So it's a massive issue. Uh, and while we can do things co- uh, as individuals, what can we? What what should we be doing as as I guess larger groups or groups of people? So what what more needs to be done? Well, we definitely need to push politicians to making the correct legislation. Um, you know, we've had a Senate inquiry into plastic and what has happened around Australia, really and how long it's taken is just pathetic. And saying that, you know, getting rid of a plastic bag out of a supermarket and replacing it with a bigger, stronger one is clearly not the answer and not really helping because we already pick up those stronger, heavier plastic bags everywhere. Um, and politicians just need, we need, we need to, it's a bit like the climate change action and that amazing girl who's pressurizing, the, you know, the UN and everyone to take action and bring awareness yeah. We all need to do the same and companies and everybody needs to do the same to make politicians because they will do it if they think it's a popular thing and they're going to get credence for it, make those important legislative changes and put pressure on manufacturers because they are the ultimate ones who can make the change. People who manufacture are the ones that can change the design of a product Mm. and what they Mm. use. They need to be legislated against and made to make those changes and stop making stupid little items that we we don't require in our lives. They just need to take that step because the industry is continuously trying to find new ideas, new ways to use plastic and with a reduction in oil, we hope will happen with climate change uh, policies. They're looking for new ways to use that oil. Mm. And yeah. plastic is one of those things. Yeah, yeah. One target that I actually heard about recently, and this is from the state of California, they have actually set themselves a, a target of, and, and Jeremy knows more about this than I do, so correct me if I'm wrong, sure. Jeremy, they've set themselves a target for the state of California to stop pollution uh, greater than about five millimetres in size, so more or less the size of a cigarette butt, stopping all pollution greater than five millimetres in size from entering any waterway in California by 2025. That's what you get when you get a state that is committed to, to, to fixing the problem. You know, they know yeah. there's a problem. They know it's going to cost them billions and billions of dollars, but what's the alternative? The ocean dies. Well, exactly, and, and, and they're... They are progressive and they're not frightened of making that changes. And that's what always, you know, the, the issue is, is that politicians and governments are frightened of taking unpopular choices. Mm. I mean, just like balloon releases, uh, a year and a half ago, you know, our environmental minister said, oh, no, we don't want to ruin people's fun with balloon releases. And a year and a half later down the track, we're looking and they're seriously considering making that change of balloon releases. Mm. Um, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Why would they allow people to throw up litter into the air? Yeah, yeah. And look, it come around anyway. I mean, so that, that just should be stopped immediately. Yeah. From my personal perspective, no one has, has sort of probably done a, a greater job in, in sort of just doing 
I guess, uh, unpopular things for the benefit of the environment and Sea Shepherd. Like you guys are at the forefront, you know, rocking up to whaling ships in in rubber dinghies (laughs) and and with flags (laughs) and peace signs to to stop the disgusting whaling industry. I mean, I I look at you guys and go, you guys are my heroes. But look, we know know that plastic is a massive uh, problem and the time to act is now. And I guess I think we just need to pull up our socks and actually mm. do something about it. And look, we might probably um, be unpopular in some circles. Uh, you know, some plastic manufacturing companies or, or retailers or whatever might might uh, not like us. And some politicians might think we're a bunch of crazy mm. environmental <laughs> lunatics. But you know what? I look at that and go, stuff it. It's the right thing to do. Let's do something yeah. about it now. I was going to say, one thing that always shocks me and I always say to people is, you know, where does your oxygen come from? Mm, and mm. they all say, oh, the trees, the forest, you mm. know, the Amazon, the rain, whatever. And when I say it does come from there, but two-thirds of it comes from the ocean, they all look at you as though you're mad, you know, but yeah. it does two-thirds of the oxygen that we breathe. Every third, two out of every three breaths comes from the ocean, yeah. and it's thanks to the ocean. And we don't have healthy oceans. And Paul Watson, the founder of Sea Shepherd, always says, if you don't have healthy oceans, then we don't have us. And I think that's simple. Look, that that, that is uh, our motto. Um, We're releasing quite a shocking, um, what I say, apocalyptic type one minute 30 clip. It's it's about the world in 20 years. We've all got gas masks on because we can't breathe the air. (laughs) And at the end of this clip, you'll see it hopefully when we release it in, in a couple of weeks, it simply says, if we kill our oceans, we kill ourselves. And, yeah. and and that is as simple as it is. People don't realise we're using the ocean as our toilet, and oh. our toilet also provides us our oxygen. So we're killing ourselves, which is the sad, sad reality of it all. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's incomprehensible that people don't understand that you cannot throw something away and it it just disappears. Mm. That. Uh, I can remember being on the Great Barrier Reef in the Whitsundays many years ago, watching these barges going out, dumping trash into the ocean. You know, all the, obviously all the rubbish that was coming from land, from the towns, was being dumped there. And I just couldn't understand and comprehend how does anybody think that's any different than going and putting it on land somewhere? Why do they think anything different is going to happen from it? Mm. Now we're seeing... Mm. You know, since probably 20 years ago, the, we're seeing the uh, results of how much we've actually dumped into the ocean mm. continuously as our trash can is coming back to hit us. And, you know, and there's nothing we can do to get rid of it now. We just have to stop that flow, you know, to reduce the problem. And hopefully over years, it's going to be able to come good again and the ocean, you know, will be able to uh, yeah. rejuvenate and. Look, yeah, no. look, I agree. I don't think we've got a choice. Like the, t- the no. we, we are absolutely, as Jeremy indicated, if we kill the oceans, we kill ourselves. And the time yeah, to act is do. now. And it's yeah. and, and it is a uh, a massive environmental uh, problem that we need to come up with the solution. And, and to be honest, the solution's ready. We can we can do this. We yeah. just need to pull up our socks and actually implement it through appropriate sort of reduction in, in plastic usage, uh, alternative sort of uh, options to the plastics that we use, banning single-use uh, or reducing at least the consumption of single-use plastics, improve storm yeah. management, you know, t- take up, take the lead of the state of California and, and just essentially stop 
the discharge of plastics into our ocean. I mean, we can do this. We can do this, mm-hmm. and the time to act is can. now. But to be honest, we can't do this. We can't do it as individuals. Uh, ocean Protect isn't going to do it as a as a as a sole mm-hmm. group. Um, um, sea Shepherd Australia aren't going to do it. Greenpeace aren't going to do it but themselves. World, right. World Wildlife Fund, local government, state government, federal government. We all need to be working together. So I guess sort of mm-hmm. my sort of um, my message to you, um, and I, I, my invitation to you, uh, Lisa, is look if Sea Shepherd Australia are keen to collaborate with Ocean Protect and whoever else we can get on board this this love wagon of, of ocean protection, um, we would absolutely welcome that because we want we do want to see change and we do want to see change now. Yeah, and, and Sea Shepherd very much, Australia is very much about, you know, if we can collaborate with people and work together, then we know that we can't do this alone. Nobody can do it alone. And the stronger force we are together, with bigger voice we have, the bigger impact we're going to have. And, you know, strength is always is always uh, watered down by dividing and conquering um, and causing division amongst, amongst people and organizations and businesses so that you still have control. But if all of us, all of the orgs out there were to focus and work together, then we would have an enormous impact. This is actually the first time we've actually spoken, Lisa. So it's been an incredible conversation. We uh, certainly acknowledge that Sea Shepherd Australia do some amazing work and, and your marine debris campaign is, is fantastic. And it's, and it's worth noting, we haven't even talked about this, but you do this role voluntarily and it takes up a huge amount of your time. So to be honest, we yeah. think you are an absolute superstar. Legend. Legend. So look, <laughs> well, really. uh, from the bottom of my heart, just thank you so much for all the efforts that you do to protect our oceans and the, and the fantastic well, work you. you do for Sea Shepherd Australia. And, and also, we just can't thank you enough for joining us on our little podcast today so thank you so much uh, I've been very enlightening to hear all about the, you know you, what you do as well and definitely want to learn more and, and see the footage that you have that would be excellent really really good yeah look this is this is obviously our first conversation Lisa but I'm, I'm, I'm really optimistic that it won't be our last so again thank you so much for joining us and we wish you all the very best thank in the you. future Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.